Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. I'm very thankful that what he is will never change. I don't care what we go through, what happens in life. We know he's going to be there. And what greater consolation can we have to know that our God is always with us. He loves us. In spite of us, he loves us. And what an awesome God he is. Amen. Well, I'm come to bring a word to the Lord today. And I'm afraid if I sing another song, I won't have no voice to preach. So, would you stand with me for the reading of the word today? Again, let me say it's an honor to be here. And I think I'm going to say it right. Beth Alto, that close enough? I tell people where I'm going. I said, I'm going somewhere in Illinois. <laughs> Praise God. But it is an honor to be here. And we appreciate the friendship of the uh, Burks. I don't know, we met them, I don't know how many years ago, on a cruise ship. That's one of the great places to meet good friends, amen. But we just become close through the years, and we love them, and uh, we, we enjoy coming here and being with you, amen. Book of Judges, chapter 14, beginning in verse 5 through verse 10. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyard of Timnath and behold, a young lion roared against him. And the spirit of the Lord came on him mightily upon him and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done, and he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. I want you to take notice. He had a lion that roared against him on his journey, and he whipped that lion with his bare hands. He had nothing in his hands, according to the word. So we can see one of the supernatural moves of God in a man's life when he is in the will of God. Amen. The spirit of the Lord came upon him and he whipped that lion. And after a time he returned to take her and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion and behold there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass. And he took therein his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother and he gave them and they did eat but he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. 
So his father went down unto the woman, and Samson made their feast, for so used the young men to do. Today, let me preach to you from this topic, subject, whatever you want to call it. Aborting your destiny. Aborting your destiny. Pastor Burt, would you pray? God bless you, you may be seated. Destiny is a predetermined course or events in our life. We all have a destiny here today. My destiny, I would feel, would be the same as yours, is to make heaven my home. That's my ultimate goal in serving God, is when he raptures his church to go with him and be with him because he is my God, I love him, and my destiny is to do his will in order to make it. Come on, somebody. And I don't intend to let anything stop me on this journey. I made up my mind a long time ago that if I was going to serve God, I was going to serve him with all my heart. I know where I come from. I know what I used to be before I found God and I was lost in a world of sin, drugs and alcohol and even as a young man right through my high school days, I was an absolute renegade in the honky tonks, in the bar rooms. But when I got a hold of God in my life, I made up my mind, I'm gonna serve God. And I told God, I said, listen. And I just talked to him because at that particular time, I didn't know how to pray, so I just talked to him. I said, listen, God, when I was in the world, I served Satan with everything that I had. But now that I've come to you, I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna serve you. I'm not gonna quit playing. I'm just gonna change who I'm playing for. Amen. And to serve God is my destiny and it should be your destiny today. And we cannot fail on this journey. We gotta stay in this fight no matter what, no matter how tough it gets, no matter what we go through, we stay in this fight, amen. Mm. Samson's mother prayed God because she was barren and the angel of the Lord comes to her and says to her, you're gonna have a son. His name's gonna be Samson. No razor is gonna come to his head and he is going to be a Nazarite. And Samson's mother had to accept the vow the same as Samson had to take it. And the vow was uh, simply, amen, to be a Nazarite, that meant uh, no drink from the vine. You never cut your hair. You never touch anything dead. She had to make this vow. 
Samson made the same vow. And as a side note, when God's talking to his mother, the scripture says Manoah stepped up and basically what's happening here, he said, Lord, now you're talking to my wife. You got to talk to me too. He's my son. So whatever is happening here, I'm going to be a part of it. So ever what angel you sent, I want you to come send him back because I want to talk to him as well because I want to be a part of raising my son. Come on, somebody. So he couldn't have any strong drink. That would probably cut a lot of us out in life somewhere along the way. He couldn't cut his hair because his strength was in his hair. Now we know biblically it weren't necessarily the hair, but it was the spirit of the Lord that would come on him. But that was a part of the vow that he had to take. The Bible talks about her all the way through the Bible. In the book of Corinthians, Paul talked about the woman having long hair, the men having short hair. Uh, to him at that particular time, it weren't a holiness situation. It was the fact that he was making a distinction between the male and the female. And uh, the scripture talks about John wearing ham- camel's hair and all these things that took place here. Amen. And, and what's taking place here is a man's life is being propelled in front of us, the life of Samson. Now, if we look at his exploits from the word of God, for one, he was strong. He was mighty. The scripture said he caught foxes and tied their tails together and set the fields on fire. He was a judge for 20 years in Israel. He took a jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand men by himself. Come on now. One place we see that he tore the gates off the city and carried them to the top of the hill. He had supernatural exploits in God. The spirit of the Lord would come upon him. Now the difference between Samson and you and I today that in Samson's day, the spirit of the Lord come on him and then it would leave. But today, if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, that spirit is with us 24-7. We don't have to worry about it coming and going. If we trust in God and believe in God and we're walking with God, we stand in the will of God, we have the power and the anointing of God 24-7. Amen, it's here to stay in our lives. Come on now. Woo. Now we know the story of Samson. Eventually he ended up in the lap of Delilah, which become his greatest downfall. Sin will lead you where you don't want to go and it'll keep you too long, which leads us to destroy our lives And what we're doing is we're aborting our destiny in God. Sin breaks that. Sin destroys us. But when I look at Samson's life, it didn't start there. It started way back. It actually started in the 14th chapter in the 5th verse that we read. Samson slew the lion. 
with his bare hands because the spirit of the Lord came upon him. On his return journey back to get his wife, he looks over to the side and he sees the carcass of the lion and he realizes there's honey in the carcass. And then Samson makes his greatest mistake on his journey. He reaches into the carcass and he gets a hold of the honey and brings it out. Where He's breaking his vow because his vow said you can touch nothing that's dead. Sometimes we need to leave the mess alone. In Samson's situation, he should have left the honey alone. He didn't need the honey. But I'm gonna tell you what, honey in this life, everybody loves honey. Why? Because it's sweet. Amen, it's sticky. If you get close to it, you're gonna get honey on you. And I'm telling you right now, if you start messing with the honey, it's gonna get a hold of you. It's gonna lead you where you don't wanna go. Amen, Samson had a great life being the judge, being everything that he was, amen, but he saw a woman that he wanted and she pleased him. There was nothing wrong with that. What was wrong, amen, as he went back to that, amen, that God had delivered him from, he went back to it again. I'm come to tell somebody today, if God has delivered you from anything in this life, never go back to it, never pick it up again again, never entertain it again in your life. If he delivered you, you need to stand up and shout and say, God, thank you for delivering my life. I've been set free, amen. I'm telling you right now, I know where I come from. I have no desire to go back to it. I've never had a desire, amen, to smoke another joint. I've never had a desire to drink another Budweiser. I've never had a desire to go back from where I came from, amen. I come out of the rock music scene. That's what I did, amen. All through my high school years, I played rock music, but I've never desired to go back to it. I still love to play but I just changed partners, that's all. Come on now. I have no desire to abort my destiny. I want to see God. I want to live in my mansion. I want to walk streets of gold. I want to be able to walk through those gates of pearl and walk up to the steps of my mansion. I want to be able to stroll down Hallelujah Avenue with Jesus himself. Amen. Come on now. Amen. That's worth it all right there. It's worth to stay in this fight, stay in the game, and never give up, never stop, never quit. Come on, somebody. I don't want to end up in the lap of Delilah. Mm. You see, it all started with just small compromises. Yeah, that's all it was. Most people that fail God, they don't just do it overnight. It's a process of time. A little bit here, just a little bit there. One little mistake here. One little lie here. One little situation over here. Hey man, it ain't like you just walk out of church and go rob the bank. Come on. It's those little things that we do. Amen, that gets us along the way. It's those little things in life that begin to destroy us. We don't even realize it's happening. But it is happening. 
It's happening to saints of God all across our fellowship. It may be even happening to somebody sitting in here today. Those one little things, those few little compromises that you make along the way. And after a while, you reaching in the carcass, amen, and taking out the honey. After a while, you realize that You've gone right back to what God has delivered you from, what he saved you from. I'm telling somebody today, leave the honey alone. If Samson had never stopped and looked, he would have remained victorious. But he broke his vow when he touched that dead lion. And then it weren't but just a little while. He's breaking the ropes. They got him bound up, bound up, and he and he's breaking these. He's making compromises. He's playing with his soul. And sometimes that's what we do. We play with our destiny. We play with our souls and we don't understand that we're making compromises before God and God is looking at us and hell has tuned in to who we are and what's taking place. Satan has done come right into our lives and now he's trying to destroy us with this little bit here and that little bit there. If Samson had never done what he did, he would have never made these kind of compromises in his life. But the time come when he just compromised too much, amen, and allowed the woman to cut his hair off. We can tell the story after that. They made sport of him. They tore him down. I want to tell somebody today, hell don't care what it does to you. Hell don't care about you. Hell's only worried about the walk with God that you have. And if he can destroy that, he will destroy it. If he can start making you make little compromises, he's going to do it. And the compromises gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And after a while, you find yourself walking in full-blown sin in this life. And listen, church, it happens sitting on apostolic pews. Mm. I've seen people walk away from God that served God for years because they started messing with the honey. Amen, come on. I've seen men, y'all hear me today, I've seen great men, amen, fail God because they started messing with the honey because it looked good, it smelled good and everything around them was saying, grab a hold of the honey, reach into the carcass, get what you want and they fail God. Women do the same thing, amen. They get caught up in life, they get caught up for this, they get caught up amen their marriages they feel like this ain't happening that ain't happening hear me today friend if you're in that situation get on your knees and talk with God and get it out of your life because those compromises is going to lead you amen into sin and you will fail and you've just disrupted your whole walk with God and you cannot go to heaven with sin in your life Leave the honey alone. Don't mess with the honey. But Samson thought it was good. 
Now let me throw this in here. When you fail God, it ain't just you that's failing. It's those that are around you that love you. Most of the time when people fail God, they want to take somebody with them. How many times have you seen people walk away from the church and they want to take somebody with them? They just can't go by themselves. Amen. They got to drag somebody along with them. I'm telling you, it happens every day in our fellowship. It happens from church to church. We see people walk away from God. Amen. They fall into sin, and it affects everybody around them. It affects the body. It affects this church. Every time one soul walks away, amen, it begins to destroy the body, and the body has to overcome and compensate, amen, for that lost soul. I'm telling you right now, you don't want to be in sin, but you want to walk with God. You want to serve God every day of your life. You want to stay in this fight, but I'm telling you right now, if you're going to stay in this fight, you got to leave the honey alone. Hear me, somebody. You got to leave it alone. You don't call it. You don't text it. You don't touch it. You don't taste it. You don't rub it. You don't date it. You leave it alone. Woo! Do I need to go any farther? You don't FaceTime it. You don't Instagram it. You don't kiss it. You don't smell it. You don't sniff it. You don't squeeze it. You don't listen to it. You leave it alone. Woo! Can I go a little farther? You don't lay with it. You don't hang out with it. You don't bar it. You don't lick it. Come on, somebody. You don't marry it. You got to leave it alone. I think one of the worst things in our time is Facebook. People tend into everybody else's business. Boy, it got quiet. Come on, y'all don't sit on me now. Instagram, texting. You cannot imagine the lives that's been destroyed with Facebook, texting, Instagram. Leave it alone. Tend to your own business. If I tend to my business, I'm in full swing. I ain't got time to tend to anybody else's. Come on. I better get off that. Y'all gonna cut me out. Woo. But let me tell you something. Leave it alone. Don't buy something for it. Don't email it. Don't cry over it. Don't try it. Don't visit it. Don't tweet it. Don't drive by and see whose car's in the driveway. Leave it alone. Samson couldn't leave it alone. And now he's in the arms of Delilah. She's fooling him. She's an emissary of Satan herself. She's trying to destroy one of the greatest judges of Israel. Amen. And now she's got him in a situation. She's got him talking. He's compromising now. And he's telling her, if you do this, if you do that, my strength will be gone. And after a while, he gave it all up and said, if you cut my hair, amen, I'll have no more strength. And that honey's coming back into him now. And he's starting to realize it smelled good and it was, it was good and tasty. 
but now look what it's brought me to. The Philistines rush in, take him. They pluck his eyes out. Amen. They beat him. They tied him to the grinding wheel. And here he is. Amen. A lost soul. Because he couldn't leave it alone. When I look across this congregation, I see people in here that I know without a doubt God has delivered you. God has saved you from some awful things in your life. When he gave you his spirit, he gave you a spirit that brings strength to your life. And that's what separates us from Samson and his day. When the spirit of the Lord come on him, he needed it right then. And it was supernatural. It was powerful. It made him a giant in himself. But when the situation was over, the spirit of the Lord was gone. And it never came back until he needed again. You are here today with that same supernatural power of God. But we don't have to sit around and wonder where it's at. When we call on the name of the Lord, he's a strong tower. He is ready to fight your battle. And I'm going to tell you right now, church, he is as close as his name. When you call on Jesus, he is present. When you need him, he is here. When you need the spirit of God to come on you, amen, he comes on, it comes into our life like a flood and we see God do awesome and mighty and powerful things. When we need healing, he's here to heal us. Amen. If we got heart problems, he's here to heal us. If we have diabetes, he's here to heal us. If we have cancer, he's here to heal us. That's the God we serve today and how can you walk away from that? I'm telling somebody right now, leave the honey alone. Serve God. Never quit. Never, never quit. I have seen in my 40 years of pastoring, I've seen too many people walk away from God. People I believed in. People that I personally won to God. Taught Bible studies to but they couldn't stay away from what God delivered them from. I had a man in my church. How how do I want to say this? He loved me. He would give me the shirt off his back. But he was a sinner. He paid his tithes, never missed a week paying his tithe. But he was a sinner. I would go to him. I would say, brother, I don't want to call his name. Somebody might get a hold of this. I would go to him and say, brother, what are you doing? You know this is wrong. I know, Pastor, I know it's wrong but I've done this all my life. I said, you need to quit. He become my maintenance man at church. Saints would come and say, why do you use him? I said, because he's honest and he loves me. I said, he's more faithful paying tithes than some of my best saints. 
Anything I ask him to do, he's there to do it. His wife loved God. She served God through it all. She never failed God. A couple years ago, he was helping me cut grass at our ball field. He had his grandson with him. I said, brother, when you put that more on that trailer, don't drive it up. You turn around, back it up that trailer. But he didn't listen. He drove it up the trailer. When he did, something happened. It stood up. It rolled back on top of it. And I'm sitting right there, but I couldn't stop it. There was another brother helping us smoke too. He couldn't stop it. Anyway, he busted his collarbone, done all that, and and he was laid up for a little while. And I noticed that he was losing weight. And I couldn't figure out. I would go to him and say, you're losing a lot of weight. What's going on? He said, I'm okay. I'm fine. Not very long after that, he got sick, rushed him to the hospital. And 24 hours later, he's dead. He had cancer. He was ate up with cancer. His wife didn't even know it. Nobody knew it. I didn't even know it. He was dying the whole time and weren't going to tell nobody because he didn't want somebody trying to force him to an altar to get God. He felt that that was his destiny because he had put God out of his life so long he thought he weren't worthy anymore for God to touch him. He kept it from his kids. He kept it from his wife. He kept it from the church. He kept it from everybody. I went to the hospital to see him. And I had tears in my eyes because he couldn't breathe. He had lung cancer. He was reached for me. He weren't asking for help. He couldn't breathe. And he's laying in that bed. He's reaching for me, trying to get me to help him breathe. I'm talking 24 hours. That quick. Finally, he was kind of out of it. I, I told his wife, I said, look, I can't, I can't take this. The doctor said it was just going to be a matter of minutes. I stood there with tears in my eyes. I finally told his wife, I said, I can't, I can't watch him pass away. I said, just, just call me when it happens. An hour later, I got a call. He was gone. Those compromises. See, there was a time he served God. He drove the church bus. He taught Bible studies. But he couldn't live for God because of his compromises, the things that he had done all his life. He couldn't give it up. And he lost his soul. And I stood there with tears in my eyes when I preached his funeral. I said, God, if any man that I know of deserves to go to heaven for the life he's lived, this would be one. And if you can make an exception, He's one that I would love to see you make an exception for. 
But he knew when he breathed his last breath, he was not with God. Amen. And that's, you do not want to abort your destiny. You don't want to quit. I couldn't tell you the times I've seen people walk away from God simply because they couldn't leave the honey alone. The time did come in Samson's life as he stood between the pillars. He mustered up enough courage to talk with God again. And said, God, if you allow me just this one time to avenge my life, to avenge my eyes, to avenge the failures that I made in life. If you allow me one more time to let your spirit come on me. And God did. He pushed those pillars out and he killed more Philistines that day than he did in his entire life. I want to tell somebody in this sanctuary today, I don't know who you are, but God is saying, I'm going to allow my spirit to come on you one more time. I don't know who you are, but I believe you're in here. And I'm not going to single you out, but I want you to think about it for a few moments. God is saying, and you probably standing between the pillars right now, your life's in the balance right now. And God is saying, I'm going to allow my spirit to come on you again. Stand with me. I'm not a long-winded preacher. When I get the message out there, I'm done. When I feel like God's said what he wants to say, I'm finished. Now it's up to you. It's up to you. I had a lady that worked in our church. She was an awesome Sunday school teacher. She come to me one day and said, Pastor, I want to stop teaching for a while. I said, why come? She said, I, I just feel like I need a rest. I said, let me give you a scenario. What if I walked in the church on Wednesday night and said, folks, I need a rest. So I'm going to stop pastoring for the next five months. What would you think about me? How would you feel about me if I'm telling you what you're telling me? She said, okay, I get it. She went back to that class. She's still teaching today. I said, we don't quit. We have to take a rest every once in a while, but we don't quit. We don't come with the attitude. This journey has been great for me, and it's been long. I've been serving God 50 years. I love it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. There are times I have to rest, but I ain't going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not getting off this ship. I was telling the men yesterday in our session, I went deep sea fishing. Weren't a very big boat. We was about 40 miles off the North Carolina coast. And we'd fished for a long time, and all of a sudden a storm came up, and it was bad. 
and that 27-foot boat was on, it was up and down. Sometimes I'd feel like it was standing straight up in them huge waves. There were 30-foot waves in that little boat. And I got my arms wrapped in the rails and I'm hanging on. Water's coming from every angle and we're about to drown inside the boat. And I mean, it was terrible. I was fearful. I didn't think we were going to get in. But you know what? I never thought one time about jumping off that boat. I stayed with it until we got back in. I could see land, and I thought, thank you, Jesus, I stayed on this boat. Somebody today is at a point where you're saying, I'm ready to get off this boat. Don't do it. Stay with it. Stay in this fight. God's going to bless you. He's going to bless He's going to bless somebody today. I don't think God would have took me this way if there weren't somebody here, amen, that was contemplating walking away from God. Don't walk away from God. Lift your hands all over the building right now. I must Come on. I want you to talk to him a moment because you know who you are. You know who you are today. Above all else, I must be saved. Lord, whatever you have to do to me, don't let me be lost. Come on, talk with him right now. Talk with him right now. Above all else, I must be saved. Now, I'm sure today that you know who you are, but we're not here to single you out. We're here to just let you know that God is wanting to bless you, turn your life around. So as we gather into this altar, why don't you come as well and talk with God? It's between you and Him. Bring it to Him. Come on, step out by faith. Come on, above all else, I must be saved. Come on, talk with Him. Lift them hands. Lift him up right now. Lift him up right now. Don't let me be lost. Don't let me be lost for Don't eternity. Don't let me be lost. Above all else. Oh, above all else. Lord, I, I must be saved. I must be saved. Come on, saint of God. Come on, I don't know who you are, but God knows. Talk with him. Talk with him right now. Talk with him right now. Let him bless you. The Spirit of the Lord is going to come on you again. It's coming on you again right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. 
In Jesus' name. God, touch my brother right there, Lord. Touch my brother right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Come on, church, come on. Cry out to him. Talk to him right now. Talk to him. Talk to him in the name of Jesus. 